Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As you all know, life can be a bit miserable, a bit dark. So me and Stu are here to bring you a bit of joy and a bit of light. How are we doing this week, Stu? Pretty good for the Christmas spirit. Still at work, unfortunately, but you know, mentally checked out at work. So that's almost like being on holiday anyway. Fair enough. Are you off just for any length of time or is it just the two main days? Uh, yeah, just the bank holidays and I'm on call, so it's not ideal. But, you know, we'll we'll power through. Yeah, I'll just keep taking the drugs. I'll be fine. Is that in case collapses over Christmas? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I am the last line of defence, so everyone should be terrified. First in, so you're doing... Uh, last in, so you're doing the uh, on call. I actually volunteered, which was stupid of me. But I just figured, you know, that's it for, you know, three or four years now. If people play by the rules. That's it. Well, you've done your bit now. You've volunteered. So you're like, when you do need it off, you're, you're sorted then. I have the moral high ground. Yes, you do. Before we get into any gaming related stuff, um, I was going to tell a story last week um, and I didn't get to tell it because, as we know, I was a little bit ill. Um, I was, I mean, it wasn't COVID levels of bad, but I was in a bad way. Um, but anyway, the other Wednesday... Uh, Lo and I, we go, we're heading to town to go pick up the kids' uh, Christmas pajamas. Uh, we get them like Christmas pajamas for um, for Christmas Eve every year. Um, so we go and do that. And as we're heading to Primark because we're fancy, um, we walk past and there's a bit of a commotion. And um, this 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 slanging match between this homeless guy and a council worker because the council worker decided just to pick up all the homeless guy's stuff and start putting it into a into a bin um to which the the, the homeless guy was getting visibly upset as you would your stuff's being taken and there's a couple of undercover or plainclothes police officers basically telling the homeless guy to calm down and siding with the council worker which we found thoroughly disgusting it was freezing the other Wednesday, if anyone remembers. Um, it was absolutely Baltic. Um, so instead of getting the kids' pyjamas, Lo and I, we went to Primark. We bought the guy a, a, a single duvet um, out, of, out of Primark, gave him that, got him a hot drink, a hot bit of food, and, you know, some donuts as a treat as well. Uh, just something he could have for a bit later. Um, I gave it to him and had a chat with him for about, 10 minutes about, um, you know, how unfair it was, what we'd seen. It's disgusting, the lack of humanity, especially in this weather. Um, uh, sort of like, it's just, you know, what what could, you know, what could be done? You know, so we can't afford to give you anything, you know, in terms of money. But hopefully what we have done helps you out a bit just to keep at least a little bit warm. And he came up with the idea that I've been saying for years because we've got a, in that in that, that high street there's a big Debenhams that's shut down and is completely empty. Why doesn't someone just open the doors to that over winter and let the homeless sleep in there, get out of the cold? Um, he went, "There's no reason why not. If they came and moved us on, we would move on. Um, and you know, it would just keep us out of the cold and maybe stop someone dying." Rather than being out on the streets, they get attacked most weeks as well. And we just found the whole thing incredibly, incredibly upsetting. Um, and to be honest, for a short while, I completely lost my faith in humanity. And it was just thoroughly disgusting to see. Yeah, it, it can really, really bring you down in a terrible way. Because how people can behave like that, how anyone can behave like that, is just beyond any kind of comprehension for me I would not do it I couldn't do it I couldn't do that to people and like you say you know the difference between life and death is just opening a door for somebody mm. and these things are just sitting there empty not used but we you know they won't be given over because of capitalism and people can die it's disgusting it, it's no it makes no logical or moral sense it's just horrible so um yeah i'd seen you post this story and i i think it was really great of you to do yeah. that and i think it's uh it's all we can do at the moment is is try and do little gestures for people wherever we can yeah no and if anyone believes in karma by the way don't do things for karma uh because since then i've had a really bad chest infection um i've had bailiff letters 
Um, and what else has gone wrong? Something else went really wrong as well. Oh, and we had a massive leak in the bathroom. So, you know, there you go. My God. Um, well, you'll have, yeah, you'll have to tell me about some of that offline. Yeah, that yeah, but no, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, eh, hey, that'll do. You know, that's 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 a, that's a good way to spread karma. Uh, my name is L Lied to me. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> I took that as a documentary. I did, but no, I mean, you know, all all uh, all religion is bullshit. Sorry to upset any listeners, but you know how we feel by now. Uh, and even karma is, yeah, it's a false concept. So yes, you do these things because it's the right thing to do, and yeah. you're a humanist, not because you want any, you know, any karmic <laughs> goodies. No, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, we said. I mean, the one thing that really got me, right? Even if that was told, like, as a, as a, like, as a council worker was said by the the upper management guy, you must, you know, get rid of anything you see from the homeless. You know, it's unsightly or whatever. One, shut up. That's not right. If you want to get rid of the homeless, give them a place to live in a home. You know, that that's how you get rid yeah. of homeless people. You, you give them homes. Simple, really. Yeah. You know, Finland yeah. have done it. It's eradicated in Finland. There's no homelessness. You know, it can't be done. But anyway. It was like, if that was me and I was in that position, I'd been given the objective by the council to say, look, get rid of the homeless off the street. I would have walked by and gone, listen, mate, I've been told I've got to get rid of this stuff. Okay, I'm going to go up that way. I haven't seen you. Don't be here when I get back. That's all it took. That's all it would have taken. Yeah. Move down there. I've been down there. Yeah. But yeah, it's no, it was disgusting. Um and, you know, we sp- we spoke to the guy, and it was he had a heartbreaking story. I'll tell you about it an- a- another time, Stu. But it was a heartbreaking story what he had. Um, you know, he said he wasn't completely sort of like innocent as to why he was there and stuff like that. But he is there now, and he just can't believe the way some people treat him. And yeah, I wish I could do more. I really wish I could do more. Um, but you know, if anyone's listening. If you do walk past someone that they are, you can't help every single homeless person you see. I get that. If you walk past someone and you have got a bit of change or you can afford a coffee, get them a hot drink, give them a bit of change or a sandwich or something like that. You haven't got to do it for everyone, but if you could do it for one, you see maybe someone else does it for someone else they see, it helps. Yeah, entirely agree. Small gestures, that that's all you need to do makes the world a much better place. It does. And talking of small gestures, um, I was wondering how I was going to segue this one. <laughs> uh, do you know what else can use small gestures? What's that? Video games controllers. Do you know what you use video game controllers for, Stu? I have no idea. For sometimes watching a DVD on your video games console to press the play. No, for playing video uh, games. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and because I know I've got an odd number and you've got an even number, I'm not going to ask you what you've been playing. I'm going to delve straight into it today. Wow. I know. We, we, we're changing the we're changing the <laughs> rules for Christmas. You iconoclast. Oh, that's a I remember, oh, that's a really good game, iconoclast. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that though. That I'm not going off on a tangent just yet. Oh, uh, go for it. So, first game I've been playing is a lovely little title that basically came out of nowhere for me. Um, others may have known about it, but it's called Wave Tail. Um, and it's kind of, uh, let's say it's somewhat trying to be Breath of the Wind Waker, shall we say, in terms of its influences. Nice. Uh, basically, you've got this action-adventure 3D platformer um, that's got this just lovely, honestly, lovely art style. It reminds me a lot of um, someone has basically played Breath of the Wild, they've played Wind Waker and gone, do you know what we could do? Let's merge these two games' art styles and they've created something that just I, I, I just absolutely love the look of. Um, but basically, you take on um, this this young this young girl, this character, and you've basically got to save the world because this darkness is overtaking it. Typical fantasy action adventure fare. Um, and you, she's called Sigrid, um, and she gets this magical ability where she can kind of walk on water essentially as you that's the traversal system sort of like to get between different islands where you've got to go and do these things you basically skate on water you could jump go fast and so on. it's this shadow underneath you that keeps you 
keeps you there and it's just oh, a lovely mechanic i wanted to build that mechanic more but anyway you go through and then you go to an island you do some various collectathon bits a bit more gradually more difficult puzzly platforming areas um you upgrade your powers and stuff and you know you collect more you uncover more of the story you save more of the world um and you know it, it doesn't do anything spectacular it's all a bit by the numbers but in a very very good way it was the kind of game that's just a lovely distraction and just i love just like going between the islands i'm like floating on the water and doing the various different jumps and stuff and it's just oh it's just just such a lovely game but it's got this really nice story behind it so the basic setup is i said a standard fare you know oh well in danger you're going to be the the one who can save it so it that's pretty standard but it's got this um this sub kind of story to it that's about loss um and understanding loss and um i would say reconciliation as well and how that affects people and affects relationships and it's it does that with a mix of really heartwarming storytelling but also a good Cons- a, a good, you know, a good amount of humour in there as well, but underlying humour. It's not trying to be a comedy. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's only about six hours, maybe seven hours long at most. Um, and I, I played through it over about four or five days, uh, just putting a couple of hours in a day. And yeah, it was enough that, you know, to take me away from Persona 5. Um, for a couple of days and want to play and um, want to finish this off and it's yeah it's just a lovely game but i do recommend it anyone who gets you know a couple of days spare they want to try something that's heartwarming and really enjoyable to play is to give this one a go because yeah it's so so good it really really is well that sounds really good and it's very attractive i had seen it before um i was a little not put off but i was kind of on the fence because of the cost it's not really expensive, but it's like 25 mm. quid, which is not immediate buy territory. Um, but it does sound like it might be something I like. How does it run on the deck? Perfect. Uh, I might be in. I might be <laughs> in. Um, it's down as playable. Um, and I think that it says it's due to, like when I looked at it, it was due to game tech size. Um I had to do a little bit of zooming in and I have, you know, actually a good bit of it, but I have fed this back to developers that they do need to look at maybe can they do slight, you know, a dark mode, but that seems to be part and parcel for almost every game that has a certain asset is please put a dark mode in it. Um, so I'm not going to overly call them out on it because again, it is, it is an indie-ish game, uh, but that would be nice, but it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the game on, on most of it. It's only certain little bits I could have done with that. But, you know, overall, 25 quid. If this had come out on the um, PlayStation 2 and it was this content compared to what you was paying 40, 50 quid for and it was 25 quid, it would sell Gambusters. So, you know, the price might seem a bit high compared to other downloadable indies, but, yeah, you're getting bang for your buck here. It, it's, it's, I... I enjoyed it you will it's one you will go through and probably will complete um and you know 25 quid for a you know four or five days of entertainment it's not too bad nice yeah yeah i'm very tempted i haven't got a christmas game marked out yet so it could be it's in the running it's in the running yeah yeah i I don't know if i might have another one for you who knows Uh, so what's next jacob you've been playing stuff I have, I have. I've been playing old stuff because I like my my Christmas game was all marked out to be the Callisto Protocol, mm. and it's it's turned out to be let's say much unplayable. Let's say mm. indeed a huge mm, a big mm, mm yeah. for the time of year, and um, yeah. Now I, I even I was like I was out anyway, but I bought it with the idea of refunding it just so I could test it out and yeah on the deck you're lucky to get like 15 20 frames per second it's unplayable um with it being crap on main main machine as well on the main pc nah just refunded straight away so yeah a, a gap has appeared in the schedule um i fill that gap 
first off with Xenogears on the the PS1. So, nice. as you know, I've got a PS1 because we talked about it playing Resident Evil Prison on it, that mod game, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah, I've been doing it with Xenogears with, the, with my little LCD monitor that I've had for 20 years on the you know on the ps1 and it works really really well so it's it's a it's a really good screen and it's great for playing rpgs that have big enough text and xenogears really does got massive text which is fantastic and you know this is like 24 years ago (laughs) it solved that problem and we're still facing it today unfortunately but um yeah i mean it's it's an rpg it's a it's a classic almost a sort of classic styled jrpg uh, it has a little wrinkle in that you can fight hand to hand or in a mech at certain points, but got a very clever story. It's fun. It has plenty of tropes in it, but the pace of it is really fast. It doesn't insult the audience. It doesn't have. It doesn't waste your time by having like reams of text. The dialogue is is kind of nicely not condensed, but you know it runs at a decent rate. You stay in. in sort of interested and invested in the main themes and, and the character's journey uh, because it doesn't just hang around and, and mess you about and waste your time. So, yeah, and the combat's really good fun and uh, it's not hard so far, but I only played it to pretty much where the point I am now, about 20 years ago, never finished it. I was determined to to actually get through the game and, and yeah, so far, really excellent, really enjoying it. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think I played it briefly uh, a few years back uh, on... I don't think I played it on original hardware. Um, but, yeah, I might try and revisit that based on all that. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly got good quality of life stuff in it. It does, it does lack, obviously, a couple of things that you'd expect these days. So the, the text... It's not slow, it's reasonably paced, but you can't have it just appear instantly, which is what I always choose, because, you know, I'm a quick reader. Um, which is only a minor thing. It, the, the loading times aren't too bad, but it does load when you go into a battle and when you come out of a battle. So if you're getting mm. stuck in, in, like, in an area where there's a lot of random encounters, there's, there's quite a heavy amount of loading. I mean, it doesn't last long. It's like six or seven seconds, but... You know, going in and coming out, it does it. So yeah, it does add a little bit of of wait time to it. Um, I believe if you play it on some emulators, I know Duck Station definitely. You can use a fast forward feature, yeah, and that will get you through the loads a lot quicker. So it might be worth if you're playing it for the first time, just play it through on on an emulator just to get those QOL things in. But uh, other than that, it's it's really really good, and it. it yeah, it plays a lot faster. I tend to feel that it's it's weird in that a lot of JRPGs in modern times are like it's like a Chinese whispers thing. If somebody goes, "Oh, you know, a JRPG lasts quite long," and then mm. the next person goes, "Yeah, oh, a JRPG lasts a long time," and then the next person goes, "A JRPG lasts eighty hours," and you just feel that it's become a thing now that they have to be that long and it's like clearly Xenogaze is not going to be that long it's like it's a story a tight compact story that because obviously there's dialogue and because you spend time in menus that makes it longer than a 10 hour game it'll make it 20 or 30 hours but it's not gone oh because it's an RPG it has to be 80 hours let's build a game around being 80 hours yeah and I feel that you know people are just like oh well that's the genre it's like no, make a six-hour RPG if you want. Make a one-hour one. I mean, I, do, I could do with one of those after what I've finished. Yeah. But um, I'll be talking about that one next week. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's a really good argument for the a game being the length it should be. Yeah, and that that game is the length it should be. But that that doesn't mean other games have to be that length and that duration. So yeah, yeah no, it's interesting. It's interesting. But yeah, no, Xenogear is really good. Looks lovely. It's got three D backgrounds and two D sprites, so a bit like Grandia. But it also has anime cutscenes as well, which are really nice, and they pop up once every half hour, once an hour maybe. So quite frequently, uh, add a real touch of class to it. Nicely animated and well drawn. So yeah, it's it's a nice looking twenty four year old game. It's worth worth looking at again 
I tell you what, that's become something quite, an aesthetic I love, where you've got um, an art style for the game, and then you have proper anime cutscenes. Cut it's it's something I've really yeah. become like learned to appreciate over the past sort of like five six years. It's um, it's special uh, when you get that right. Yeah, it, yeah, it is, and it's that kind of mixed media approach that. Is like it was used because CDs had just come out and it meant you had like tons of storage so you could have loads of assets and you could load them all in but you still didn't have a lot of RAM so you couldn't just go oh right well we'll make all the characters like you know fully 3D and have vast vast 3D landscapes and all you still couldn't do that so they kind of had to work you know pick their way around it a little bit and it, at the time I was like uh, yeah, well, it's still got like 2D sprites. And, you know, it's like, why can't it all just be 3D and all this? But then now you're like, oh, I really like this approach. It, it yeah. makes you appreciate the art of each different thing properly. Back, back uh, then you was like, what am I, a baby? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like, oh, 16-bit ass for kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the old stuff. Yeah. Uh, you turned into Elijah Wood in the, uh, in the uh, cafe in Back to the Future 2. True. Yeah, always happens. Yeah, always does. Uh, except you do love holding your uh, your like your light gun shooters, so you know, not quite. <laughs> it's true, I do. All the way in the future of 2015. We've just watched the trilogy, by the way, over the last uh, few days because it's been on ITV. Ah, um, oh, how's it? How's it? How it held up for you? I mean, it's it's still the best trilogy of movies ever made. Cool. Um, cool. Also, I was, I was regaling Lucas that basically there's never, ever going to be a proper remake or reboot because uh, the owners of the right have said, no, no, not happening. This is it. Excellent. Excellent. That's um, the way it should be. But you can't, make, you can't make that film now without Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Even if you remade it, it's like, well, no, you can't do it. So leave it alone. Um, and it, honestly, it yeah. still holds up, even though it's all in the past now, which is scary. Even though it's all in the past, the futuristic bit is still really futuristic. And honestly, you watch it going, we've sort of got that now. Yeah, we've got that now. That <laughs> kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's still brilliant. But that's for another day. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed that rewatch. I might have to do that myself over Christmas. Yeah. I see, it comes on. I'm like, I mean, we haven't watched all, like, all three of them have been on. Like, we've not quite caught the start of any of them. But it don't matter because I know what happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, you so, know the outcome. Yeah. And anyway, we've got a time machine and we can go back to watch it whenever we want. It's called a DVD player. <laughs> DVD, granddad. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, that was future tech once. It was. Uh, talking of future tech and retro video games, we wasn't talking retro video, we, we was. Stuff. Jesus oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a modern day retro video game type thing um, by the quintessential retro modern video game developers way forward. And that is River City Girls 2. Aha. Which is, for anyone who doesn't know, River City Girls is a beat em up set in the, I'm going to get this wrong, the Kuriokun world. Uh, Kunio-kun? Kunio-kun, yeah. Oh, Kunio-kun, whatever it is. Whichever, sorry, uh, fans. Uh, Which is also the Double Dragon world, I believe. Um, Or at least Uh. in some fashion it's linked. I don't know. There's a deep lore to the whole River City thing. Um, But I played the first River City Girls and I I liked it. (laughs) Sorry. That tickled me. Um, Katy Perry reference in our in our podcast sort of, but anyway, anyway, no, I'm back on track. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of like beat 'em up stroke RPG type thing. Um, and this is pretty much more of the same. Uh, where you go in, you got this over the top story, and you go through these worlds, and you've got to beat up the enemies inside scrolling beat 'em up action. And you've only got a couple of buttons you need to use, and you do various combos and numbers of hits, and you get better, you can get upgrades, health upgrades. You can use all the things that are lot dotted around the, the streets and everything to like get power ups and throw at people and use as weapons, etc., etc., etc. 
honestly, if you've played a River City Girls or Kunioku game or Double Dragon or Streets of Rage or anything of that ilk, then you know what you're getting to a degree. Um, and what you've got here is, I say, more of the same. All the like, all returning characters, I believe. I don't know if there's any new. Honestly, I I, I don't know enough about the, the lore of these things to, to be a hundred percent. But what you've got here is you go through. They've all got their own varying fighting styles. And what I find really interesting is, despite being only a couple of buttons, so really, look, each character feels different to play, which is really really good. I like that. Um, and there's like loads of different sort of like different combos you could do depending on which character you've got and what levels you're in, etc. And all, all those sort of things. Um, now it is designed, I think, on the whole to be played um, in co-op, uh, but I've only played it solo, and it plays absolutely fine for me. Um, and what you can kind of do with this is as well, and I like this mechanic is as you go to level through levels, you can hire other NPCs to be like heavies for you and they fight on your behalf while you're fighting to help you like clear areas but they have like they're very easy to not like to be beaten up but they can help you enough like disperse of like large crowds and stuff like that um, and then you've got all the beat em up stuff but then the RPG stuff there's loads of interaction with like side characters and other NPCs um, and there's like story that builds up and it, it takes you all the way through and it's just so much to it that I just like, I don't find any one bit overwhelming. And we'll go back to like that Persona thing where Persona is essentially two to three games in one with all the different play styles and how much each one actually matters on its own but complements the other this does the same the rpg stuff and the actual fighting stuff work on their own and i've said about this with other games before where you have two different styles and you kind of go i'd rather they just done this and then if they wanted to do that do it as another game but again uh way forward have done a brilliant job in making sure the two concepts marry together really 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 well uh but also it does that thing where it's got anime cutscenes as well um along with like the retro style graphics of the actual gameplay and it's yeah it's really really good um whether it's better than the first one i don't know i don't know enough about the games on the whole but i'm really enjoying it so that's all that matters it is yeah now i played the first game yeah um for quite a few hours I, I didn't really get on with it i did it first i thought that the I thought the moves were okay, and I thought that the rate at which you pick new ones up wasn't too bad, although possibly could have been a bit faster. But I didn't find anything in the story particularly compelling. But the thing that really annoyed me was going back and forth into areas, because it was like, either like, oh, you've got to go back to this spot, or it was like, oh, you've got to find X, and it was, well, I don't know where that is, I've just got to go into yeah. every area and try and look for it. And that really wound me up after a while because I was just going into an area fighting the same enemies over and over again using a, a very familiar move set. And I was just like, yeah, they've, for me, they just stretched this thing, this idea out way too thin. Um, but that wouldn't be everyone's uh, takeaway. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has got that element to it, I would say, that it is a bit samey-samey in places and it's like rinse and repeat enemies that kind of thing but if you play it in chunks i mean again i'm not gonna say i've not completed it I've, I've not put loads and loads and loads of time into it but what i have played i've played it in smaller chunks and i find that really helps um so i would say you know i not yourself, but I think find a lot of people go, I've got this one game and this is this is it. I'm gonna burn through it and I'm just like rah. Whereas I think these this sort of game works where you maybe pick it up, stick an hour in now and again, and I think it works really well. Because it's so simple to play in terms of the the combat mechanics, you're not taken out of it by having to relearn everything. Like you go into uh let's say a um a platinum game after three months off. You've kind of got to relearn it completely. I don't think you have to here. Um, so it's good. It's a good one to pick up and play for an hour here and there. And that's kind of the attitude I'm taking towards it, which probably helps a little bit. 
Yes. Yeah, no, I'm sure that does. I, I might get it in the future when it's cheap and, and just, yeah, have little bits of play time on it every now and again, see how I get on. Yeah, I would say the 30 quid is quite possibly, you know, I, I got this as a code. I don't know if I would have paid that much for it personally, uh, but then it's not my genre. It's a genre I like trying and realise I'm not generally very good at. But 30 quid, I mean, there's probably enough in there for people who really love it and are going to especially do like the uh, co-op stuff. But for me, price-wise, it's not it's not great. One's really well on on Steam Deck, by the way. I've got no issues there. Um, it's, per, it's ideal for, for playing on the deck, even though it's not verified yet. Um, but yeah, it's... 30 quid is maybe pushing it, but again, the content's there. It's just, I suppose, it depends how much you're into the into the genre and the series. Fair play. Yeah, no, no, that sounds fine to me. Yeah, I shall leave it a while and then get it when it's about three quid. Yeah. I mean, River City Girls doesn't really drop that much. Um, took me ages to get it on, like the original on Switch, because it just never dropped. Um I don't know if it's different on Switch Steam. Tags. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, but yeah, I, I say it's it's worth it. It's an enjoyable game. Just get it at the right price for you, is all I will say. Cool. So what's next, Stu? Well, I I did dip my hand in my pocket, which is a rare enough occurrence to actually call out. And I kind of regret it a little bit. I bought the Turtles Cowabunga Collection, uh, which is a collection of old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. It's a it's a really funny bundle. It's a mix of arcade the arcade original ROMs and some of the home games. Mm. And primarily it's like the Game Boy games, the NES ones, and a couple of the fighting games on the uh, uh, SNES and Mega Drive, as well as the arcade games. So it's about, I think, like 13 titles. It's a lot. But, you know, buying retro collections for me, I'll almost never do it. Because, I mean, the way that... You you know me, I don't think of games as modern and retro. I don't divide them in my brain. I kind of just go, right, what am I in the mood for? I want to play a shooter. Okay, well, I haven't played X for a long time. Or I've seen this thing brand new that's just come in that looks good. uh, And I'll make my decision based on that. I played Xenogears because it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know... I never completed that, and now I suddenly fancy an RPG. It's the ideal thing. So I don't just go, oh, oh God, that reminds me of my childhood, and, and then, like, you know, spend a shitload of money on it. Um, I just did it because it was cheap, and, yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's absolutely fine. I think if you're an online gamer, it's probably good because you can play most of the games that are designed to be played together online, and uh, that's good. But, I mean, really, you could just be playing the playing the ROMs and not having to pay for them because, you know, I don't believe in paying for things I've paid for before. I, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just not something I do. Mm, yeah, yeah. I've I paid agree. for these things before. Completely so, agree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they play well enough. They, they're they presented well enough. And if you're not really into emulation or faffing around, you can get a lot of games for comparatively cheap they're mostly quite simplistic. There's not a lot to them. Even the ones that are really, really good, like the pinnacle of the games for me, is the second arcade game, Turtles in Time. And even that one is kind of like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> but is it as good as what is a great comparison, as someone else I'll mention in a second, as good as Shredder's, Shredder, uh, Shredder's Revenge that came out this year, Turtles game? No, nowhere near. Nowhere near as good as Streets of Rage 4. Nowhere near as good as the Streets of Rage... Well, okay. It's be- <laughs> Okay, deep lore here. So <laughs> I think that Turtles in Time is better than Streets of Rage 1 and 3, but it's not as good as 2 and 4. So, yeah, there you go. That's my baseline for it. It's nowhere near as good as a lot of the Capcom scrolling beat-em-ups from that age either. So, you know, The Punisher or Cadillacs and Dinosaurs or Alien vs. Predator. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a bit... It's a curio. If you're interested in one of the games, I would say just track that down in emulation. If you're interested in the majority of them, buy it, definitely. Uh, but it's a curio. It's not really for everyone. And it was a huge mistake that this came out 
it's, it's a huge mistake for both publishers. For the Cowabunga collections will come out after Shredder's Revenge, because people w- would have been chomping at the bit to go, oh yeah, God, I haven't played those for twenty years. Played Cowabunga collection, then gone right. I want more of this, but I want it modern, and then played Shredder's Revenge. The other have, having it happen the other way round will have done no favors for either. You know, it'll have the, the playing the Shredder's Revenge w- won't have sto- stoked the nostalgia for the Cowabunga collection, and also it'll have made it look weaker because it's a better game. So that's a shame. So yeah, all a bit odd really for Turtles in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I, I, that was my initial. I mean, I, I've played Shredder's Revenge. I've not played the Cowabunga Collection again because I've got access to the ones I actually care about um, that I've built previously. Um, and yeah, it would have been. I, I'm with you. If you'd have brought out the Cowabunga Collection to wet the whistle for Shredder's Revenge, that would have been brilliant. That would have almost been perfect. Because, yeah, and Shredder's Revenge, you know, I have gone back and played, I want to say Turtles in Time, I want, I, I played this year. Um, and it's been bettered for me in every way in Shredder's Revenge. It's got, you know, it, it, it's it's done that thing where it tells, it, it feels like it should have done back in the 80s and 90s, but got all the quality of life improvements, uh, which the Cowbugger yeah. Collection doesn't have. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's it's good to have them, but yeah, the ordering was wrong. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, disappointed. That I, I think COVID had a lot to do with it, as it always yeah. does. <laughs> but um, there's still that thing of okay, well, it doesn't mean that as soon as your problem is over, that you just go right. Well, we'll publish it as soon as we possibly can. You know, I know that you need money, but you would get more money if you were a little bit more tactical about it. But there you go. But yeah, it's okay. It's just one of those things I wouldn't say chuck a load of money at. Even if you're a big fan, I'd say, you know, hold on to your shackles and just spend them wisely. Yes. Yes, that's that that was that was a whole collection of um, of was it idioms there? Yes, yeah, well, yeah. Kind of idioms, not idioms. Oh whatever. Those that word for when people say things. Phrases. <laughs> I'm blanking on it now. I blame my COVID brain for that. I blame me. You spent too much time around me, Stu. Oh no. Yeah, probably have. <laughs> my IQ's dropped fifty points. It does. Yeah, you was a really intelligent sounding podcast last week. I don't know what 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 the uh, what the mitigating factor was for that. No, no, impenetrable. <laughs> anyway, unlike Brad. Yeah. Hey. No, I can't be penetrated. Not unless it, you buy me dinner first. There we go. Hey. A few drinks. Anyway, yeah. No, not even drinks, yeah. just dinner. Uh, Fair play. Anyway. KFC? Uh, no, I'm a classy broad. Oh, Mackey's. Fair enough. Yeah. Burger King. Come on. Come on. Five guys. I've had five guys. No, no. Not going there. <laughs> anyway. Talking of video games. <laughs> I've been playing another one. <laughs> Um, and one I'm actually a little disappointed by, um, just to, just to, just to round off the year of games, new games we've played. But I'm actually disappointed by this one. It's called Ixion, um, and it's a space space strategy survival city builder. Uh, games I usually enjoy, um, but for various reasons, I just didn't get on with this. Um, so let me give you obviously just a little bit of background first. So what you what you've kind of got here is a um, is a city builder set on like a space station, and you've kind of got a sort of uh, build up everything. You know, it's a prototype, and you've got to go through and make it the biggest, bestest thing you can in in, in you know in all of space. Um, and it's kind of got this whole thing where there's loads of little problems you've got to deal with and each of them has solutions, but each solution could have an effect on something else, whether that's positive or negative. Um, and it, it kind of has this story that goes along with it. Um, so you've got to make sure, make sure things get better. There's survivors on there, so you've got a population to manage um, and you've got to make sure that they believe in you. Uh, and willing to do the work they need to do. Um, if you don't 
keep them happy. There'll there'll be a mutiny, etc., etc. Um, and it's just unfortunately what what it's got is it's juggling so many balls at once from the get-go, literally from the get-go. You start and it's just a confusing sort of like, what on earth am I meant to do here? Um, and it's, it, it's places this emphasis on choices matter. But when you're trying to figure out the game and these choices matter, you're like, well... If I fail now or I set this thing in, in action and it's going to completely wreck it down the line, you haven't led me into that at all. But it's not a game that feels like, like, like I spoke about Dwarf Fortress the other week and that does, you know, that just that just goes in, you go, off you go. And it works because it feels like it's why you can start again and it's like on a small enough scale to start off every single time that it builds. Whereas this is kind of like goes, right, so we're going to teach you to juggle with one ball. Okay, you got that? Yep, I can do one ball. That's fine. Right, well, like, hit, like, like Hitler, yeah? Yes. Yes, juggle with Hitler's ball. <laughs> that's, that's, that's throwing me. I'm glad I interrupted to make that joke. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, that's the title. Just like Hitler. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Why I'm not? saying. Yeah, anyway, it goes, here's one ball, learn to juggle. You go, right, got that. Now he's 17. And you're like, okay, what? Um, whereas Dwarf Fortress does the same thing, but it goes, right, here's one, okay, now here's your second, now your third, now your fourth, now, and it builds those layers. This, for me, doesn't build those layers. It's got a crappy UI as well. Um, I mean, this is a PC-ass PC game in terms of its UI, but one that's still stuck in, like, the early 2000s. Um Right. Yeah, many of these sort of games have moved on and realised that, uh, you know, a good UI really helps get new players on ball. This, yeah, no, this just didn't work at all. Um, Which is a shame because there's a lot I want to like about it. So the story I like the idea of that, you know, it's you've kind of, you are an AI type thing and you've got to deal with all the issues you get in space. So there'll be attacks. Um, your hull could be destroyed and not, not hull as in the place, but your hull um, could get destroyed. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> your hull can be destroyed. Oh dear, five guys, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you even doing here, Bradley? I don't know. Thing, your, space, your, ship, your ship's hull could be destroyed, not hull, you know. In the UK. Anyway, Jesus Christ. It's the end of the year, Stu. Um, you'll get things like power failures and, and stuff like that. And it's all those things you've got to manage, which in and of itself is good. And if they'd have taken out this whole the choices matter thing, and a choice you make can have disastrous effects down the line, I think this would have been a much better game. Whereas at the moment, it's just stressful. It's just utterly, utterly stressful to play and not in a good way. Yeah. I don't mind a stressful game, but it's just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. It's you know, my world's falling apart yeah. around me anyway. I don't, I don't want to deal with all this shit in space. Um, yeah. It's, and, right, don't get me wrong. I love Frostpunk, which is another game where, you know, generally it's bleak. There's no positive outcome and it, you know, everything matters and everything can lead to disaster. But again, the structure of it works. It's just the structure of this does not work, and I just I I don't I don't know. Um, it's too much going on, all linked together. Too much, um, and again, it could have done with a bit of streamlining, maybe cutting back on a couple of bits, or even just a better onboarding might work. Because I've got no doubt, people who stick this through, I think the late game stuff or replaying it is going to be fine. My desire to replay this is non-existent. Yeah, fair play. I, I don't know this if this is deja vu or not, but I, I think I remember a few years ago I was talking about SimCity mm. and saying that that got way better when it had a non-fail state that you could you could choose to play. And... I think you mentioned sort of civilization or space citizen or something else sort of developed on that and made it even more kind of like mm, that. Yeah. And 
any of those conditions where it's too easy to have everything destroyed, I think, is is anti-game. <laughs> That's more towards real life and you, a game you want to be, you know, just not just smashing all your toys because that's far too much like reality. But at the same time, as I said, Frostpunk works as a game. That, that's what it does. You know, you, you, you know, there's no happiness in Frostpunk. It's not a joyful game to play. <laughs> it's it, it, it's miserable um, and it wants you to feel miserable. But because it's built around that perfectly, it works. Um, this wouldn't work with a no-fail state. Don't get me wrong. This is built around pressure. But the pressure's too early. <laughs> you got, I had little idea what I was doing and it overwhelmed me. Now, that could be my ADHD, et cetera, et cetera. There could be many mitigating factors. However, the reason I... Like, what I generally tend to do when I've got games that I've got to cover, I make sure I put note down my thoughts before I check out reviews or other people's opinions. And I wondered where I was going to sit on this because I had mixed feelings about it, that there's a game there that I think certain people will enjoy after a while, but it's alienating a huge market. So I've checked the reviews, and that's pretty much what I'm seeing as well. It's mixed. So there's some people who are giving it like positive reviews on Steam and going, oh, the people who don't get it just find it too difficult, don't understand the game. And other people are going, this is what? No, this is, you know, someone actually described it as Frostpunk in space. I went, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare sully Frostpunk's name with what this is. Um, and other people have said, you know, it should be better, but it's it's frustrating. It's this. It's, on the surface, it looks good. But when you deep, deep down, go into it, it's just so frustrating. Um, and, yeah, it's just what what I have with it. It's just there's something there. Um, but if you want to play a game of this ilk, play Frostpunk. It's everything this wants to be and more. And the sequel, and that's coming out soon. So, you know, play Frostpunk and feel the opposite of Mary, miserable. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that sounds quite quite damning. Is this one on um, Game Pass or is it not? No, I think it's a uh, PC right. exclusive. Um, right, yeah, this, right. It, so, right, it's mouse and keyboard all the way with this one. Um, I, I did try it on Steam Deck using mouse and keyboard controls on there. And it's just, nope. So I had to play it on a bigger screen and... I thought, oh, maybe it's because I played it on a small screen originally uh, because I played about five minutes and went, well, I can't do this. So I played it on the bigger screen and it was just still a whole bunch of no for me. Um, again, it lacks quite a lot of issues. There's so much in the UI that they can't scale it. Um, so the accessibility options are complete tripe as well. Uh, but as I said, other games have done it so much better, but there's something here. I don't, I, you know... I don't want to say don't carry on, you know, I don't, you know, because this clearly a game that's made with love, uh, but it's for people who obviously love misery, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but is, is who made it? Let me just have a look. It's made by Bulwark Studios, um, who have done a couple of the Warhammer forty thousand games before. Um, yeah. Yeah, they done. I want to say it's Mecha yeah, you go Mechanicus, which I believe is a fairly popular game, um, and fairly well reviewed and received. Um, so they know what they're doing, but this just isn't it. Well, the balancing of these things is so like on a knife edge. If you make yeah, make a mistake and it can be, yeah, devastating in these kind of strategy games, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, it's, you know, not not the best way to end the year, I suppose, in terms of game reviews, uh, so to speak. But, eh, I think overall it's been a pretty decent year for me for games. Well, yeah, and next week we have our Games of the Year list, mm. our favourites of the year. Mm. Uh, will mine be one that's only lasted a couple of hours or will it be one that's lasted well over 100 hours? Ooh. Now you see, we'll have to find out. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, it's um, I completed a very, 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 very long game this year, which is completely unlike me. Uh, but it was, oh God, yeah. I'll talk about it next week because 
it's just so so good <laughs> well i can talk about one uh, very very briefly that i've completed that was very long i put uh, almost 100 hours 95 ish into cyberpunk uh and enjoyed every single minute of it and i know all sorts of trouble kind of you know in conversation about it but <laughs> it's just such a good game now that it's been fully patched up and yeah really great such a shame it didn't come out like that on release but uh, yeah it was great loved every minute and another reason why the steam deck is so good because i never would have put that much time on it if it was sat at a at a, at a keyboard and a desk and all that crap exactly i'll tell you what that's going to be very relevant next week that why the steam deck is so important because i think we'll have to talk about steam deck next week because if we was going to go full game awards and go what's been the best hardware um you know i i I, i've got a feeling we'd both come to the same conclusion on best hardware Um, you know i think you might be right the abedic 353 of course well of course it is yeah (laughs) It, no. I haven't even got one. I'm still voting for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but kick, it's kickstarted a revolution. Uh, the Steam Deck. Um, I just it's changed gaming. Um, I, a lot of people don't know it yet, but it's changed gaming forever. I reckon. Yep, I agree. Uh, but yeah. So, but that's coming next week. Um, so, how long we be going today, Stu? 51 minutes we've been recording for, but these obviously this will be shortened now because Stu cuts out a lot of my crap. Um, so <laughs> I tried to. <laughs> it's a 10 minute podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, so a shortish one this week because next week we're going to be talking about our games of the year. Listen, I'm going to change it up. I like changing it up year to year because I've got ADHD. Um, we're not doing it in any particular order. We're not doing a countdown or this is this is game number five. This is game number one because to be honest, I I, I just so many I like. I don't want to put a number one, um, uh, you know. So we I think we said we're going to do three each to discuss in detail next week, yep. and then the week after we'll do a more generalised. Here's some of the other stuff we've really enjoyed. Indeed, and it'll be excellent because our taste is perfect. It is yes. Always listen to your heart, MB. Yeah, but especially Brad. Especially yeah. Brad. Uh, mainly because if you don't, he won't stop talking, and you know, you won't be able to do your outro because he just, just doesn't. He just doesn't know when. He just keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on, and that becomes an issue. So I'll shut up now. There it is. So yeah, hopefully you're all prepped for Christmas and as I said last week it can be a challenging time if you want to reach out on the day or any time around the day then do join our discord there's always people around to chat follow us on all the socials and look forward to next week's episode I'm sure it'll be a good one and yes in the meantime stay safe and stay sane <laughs>